Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Fade route with D and Z, I am Z, and we got a great show for you tonight. Yankee fans throw trash on the field. The NFL draft starts tomorrow, and Democratic Majority Leader Christopher Johnson joins us on the in route. But we'll begin today's show with the Brooklyn Nets. Even with all the officials' help, the Nets were not able to avoid the sweep as they fell to the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs in four games. Kyrie talked about signing an extension in the postgame. He feels he's going to be a net for life. Him and Kevin have a lot of work to do. How him, Kevin, Joe, Mark, they'll find a way to do better next year. Z, where did the Nets go from here? Did I miss something? Did Kyrie become a member of management at some point? Well, first place they go is home. So, clean out your locker and take it on home. Um, Well, this has been a long time coming, right? Because think back to the press conference when they brought in Steve Nash. We said it that day when these two clueless putzes, and yes, I lump Kevin Durant in with this, undercut their coach before he even has a practice by saying... Now, of course, you know, we want to say they don't mean it, but as it turned out, they, they kind of did. On some days, I'll be the coach. Some days, Kyrie will be the coach. Some days, Steve, we'll let Steve do his job. Isn't that nice? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the coach of the team coach the team, you know? So the Brooklyn Nets, they have a lot of work to do. They have to re-sign plenty of their own players in addition to possibly extending Kyrie. But, frankly, this team is not a team. Let's be real here. It started out the season like the Eastern version of the Lakers, a collection of stars, not sure how it was going to work out. James Harden, just, it didn't happen. Now, the vaccine mandates and the and things of that nature definitely played against the Nets. But at the end of the day, that came down to choice. Kyrie Irving chose, based on however you however you feel about it, whatever it may be, it was still a choice. He chose not to get the vaccine. He chose to play the long game. Ultimately, it it played in his favor, and the vaccine mandate was lifted. But by then, realistically, what chemistry do you have when you're only playing certain road games and then finally being allowed to get on the court? The Nets have a lot of work to do. The Nets need to build a team, and I don't know... I don't know where they go from here. You can't really reload... You just, 
You're strapped. You're not that deep. You have a coach that's probably going to get fired. I would argue that he's going to get fired. You invested in Ben Simmons. So you kind of have to choose him over the coach. Now, whether or not this works out long term and this becomes a continuous mental health hurdle for Ben Simmons and he never puts the Brooklyn Nets uniform on, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, I I think we really need to give the credit to the Celtics because they had the secret sauce, man. They really... Like, Al Horford was in KD's face. Jason Tatum was in KD's face. Marcus Smart was playing great D. They spread it around. They made their shots when they needed to. And ultimately, they took it from the Nets. And Bruce Brown, of all people, you're kind of looking silly with the egg on your face, bro. Well, I mean, they have talent. They have a lot of talent. I'm not sure it's a matter of retooling that much in that you need a coach to wrangle this talent. You need a formidable person that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and company are going to play under. I mean, unfortunately, I think they need to fire Steve Nash. I mean, I wanted Steve to be the guy. I wanted this to work out. I thought that if there was one person that could help Ben Simmons, it would be Steve Nash, right? I mean, he was such a great point guard in his time that certainly he could teach or show Ben Simmons how to play that position in the NBA. So maybe it's a Frank Vogel. Maybe it's a Jay Wright. I mean, come on. Jay Wright can't coach the Nets. Jay Wright can't coach Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. I mean, Jay, if you're going to take a head coaching job, that seems to be a good one to take. (laughs) <laughs> they need a real coach. They need them. To also, the players need to want to be coached. I don't understand. Blake Griffin played two really good games. Why wasn't Blake Griffin playing more defensively? LaMarcus Aldridge is on your bench. Why? Why can't LaMarcus Aldridge play? He's a, he was He's excellent on that baseline jump shot, getting rebounds, running pick and roll. We're going to Claxton? Nick Claxton? Really? I mean... Next, they need to trade Ben Simmons. Get draft picks. Get a player that wants to play. I, I'm, you know what? I, I was on the record saying last year that Baker Mayfield played his last game for the Cleveland Browns. I don't think Ben Simmons ever puts on a Nets uniform. There. Wow. I'm going out there and I'm saying it. I don't think he. I don't think he puts on a Nets uniform. Wow. So, based on that. You went, I mean, this was destined to fail. We have to kind of acknowledge that because you're going from Philly. You know, Philly's a crucible. Like, we can we can agree on that one. Philly is out and out hostile to its own players. Now, if you win, you're a god. But if you lose, forget it. You're going to take that and you're going to you're going to go from Philly to Brooklyn, where the expectations are just as high, if not higher. Feasibly, where can you make this trade? Because ideally, you want to trade him to a place where he's going to feel comfortable. Right? Where 
where is that? And what are you fixing to get for him? Because you're going to want more than a ham sandwich. Well, here's the deal. I mean, with Brooklyn fans are not as, you know, terrible or unforgiving as Philly fans are, right? We can agree that that fan, the Philly fan base is lethal. I mean, I wouldn't even wear another team's jersey to any kind of game in Philly, whether that be a Phillies game, a 76ers game, and definitely not a Flyers game. Definitely not (laughs) rocking a Rangers jersey to a Flyers game. So where could he go? Okay, I mean, to me, he could go to the Kings. He could go to the Clippers. He could go to the Raptors. He could go to the Detroit Pistons. Like, he can go to somewhere and fall. Uh, the Orlando Magic. Like, he he can go to a place and just kind of be forgotten. Kind of like that, uh, that was it, the Michael Bennett thing. Like, he could just, he could just fade away in time. I mean, if you're, if you're a team, let's say the Pelicans realize, man, Zion ain't going to play for us. We could, we could get a Ben Simmons to play down here, you know, with with a couple of draft picks. So I think there's there are people in this league that have hope that he will play. Um, but I think he's ruined his reputation definitely in Philly. He's definitely ruined it in Brooklyn. I mean, come on, dude. Like, you had a chance to play with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and you decided not even if it was in a limited role I can't recall a time in history where a player of Ben Simmons caliber when I say his caliber like top five pick was unwilling to play hurt or unwilling to even try like it's not like he did the Willis Reed came out there and it didn't work out it was nah man I'm not even stepping on the court I'm not even I'm not even putting the jersey on well, I mean, Markel Fultz for a while definitely was fitting that bill. I mean, he had the shoulder problems, and then he had to completely like take it down, go back to the lab, and retool his shooting. And I'm not even, you know, Ben Simmons definitely needs to go to a place where he's, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy. And a, a place where it's a smaller market, and if he's able to, you know, kind of lay in the weeds in a certain a small market and kind of get his confidence back, get over the, you know, clear these mental hurdles, these mental health issues that, you know, possibly he can still salvage his career. Now, There's, one thing yeah. I I just thought of one, and. You know, you have great coaching, you have a great GM, you have a, a young up-and-coming player, maybe two. The San Antonio Spurs, you know? Who's to say that he wouldn't flourish down in San Antonio? It's not Houston, you know? It's not Dallas, it's not a... Ma- it's the third largest market. Yes, they're... Yes, the San Antonio Spurs are legendary, but they're also in the middle of a rebuild. So that might that might allow him to kind of take a step back and just work on the fundamentals and kind of get through it. Because right now, 
I don't think a team that is upper echelon, I don't think they're going to make the move for him because you these were two upper echelon teams and he didn't play at all this year. We love youth sports. Not only do they get the kids out and active, but they teach the necessary skills of teamwork, sportsmanship, and fair play. One organization that we are proud to partner with is Osning AYSO Soccer. Their mission is to develop and deliver quality, player-centered youth soccer programs that promote a fun, fair, family environment where everyone is welcome and everyone plays. If you have a child between the ages of 4 and 18, registration for the Fall 2022, Spring 2023 season opens April 27th with an early bird special. Sign up before June 15th for only $175 per child. For more information, to sign up or to volunteer as a coach or referee, go to AYSO201.org today. The more volunteers, the more children can enjoy the youth soccer experience with Austin AYSO. That's AYSO201.org. More soccer for more kids. AYSO201.org. Visa and MasterCard payments only. definitely there's definitely a market for him but you know his old team finds themselves in a pretty good position Joel Embiid and the 76ers have a 3-2 lead over the Raptors but they did lose their last game by 15 points Joel Embiid has a thumb injury James Harden is playing like the James Harden who played for OKC and their coach has a history of blowing 3-1 and 3-0 leads are the Sixers in trouble, see? It's hard to say they're not, right? I mean, just from past outcome. Now, yes, Doc Rivers has not done has not blown a lead with this group. Okay, I'll give him that. But you know, blowout, blowout, close one, close one, blowout in the other direction. It's hard to say that this game is that this series is not going seven. You know, it's hard for me to believe that they're not doing it. They're not gonna play them close because if you look, if you compare the two top scorers, right? Embiid about twenty-five points with a hurt thumb. That is gonna be a problem. That is going to be persistent throughout the playoffs if they even continue on. And those, that's not gonna get better. You know, you need to rest. That's how that's how your thumb heals. Meanwhile, yeah, Pascal, I mean, Pascal Siakam, you're looking at 23 points a game, but these teams are relatively evenly matched. Like, 107 to 104 in terms of points averaged during the series. 22 assists, 22 assists, pretty much even. You're looking at rebounds. The rebounding edge is with Philly. I would hope so. I would certainly hope so with the guy they got in the middle. To me, the X factor is James Harden. If James Harden can be who they thought he was going to be when they traded for him, they will run the Raptors out of the gym. But James Harden does not look like that guy right now. And I was watching PTI today, and Kendrick Perkins was saying that he's lost a step, you know? And, you know, back injuries, hamstring injuries... You know, age and carrying that extra weight. 
because if you look at James Harden, he carries extra weight. He's top heavy. Sorry, dude, you're top heavy. That weighs on you. As somebody, as somebody who used to be top heavy, I get it. It weighs on you. Your legs are not what they used to be. And it, as a basketball player, you need your legs. So, it, it credit where credits due to the Raptors are keeping this close. The Sixers are doing. The, the Sixers aren't doing enough to make it happen, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if it goes seven in the Raptors' way. Yeah, I mean, for me, I kind of disagree with you. I think uh, on paper and in reality, the Sixers are the better team, but I think the Raptors have the better coach. And Doc Rivers, as you know, I think is an awful coach. I don't think he has. I mean, he's. I mean, everybody wants to give him credit because he he drew up a play where. Joel Embiid hit a three-pointer at the buzzer. Why is Joel Embiid taking three-point shots on the run? Nobody asks that question. Because now, excuse, shot, me, but... excuse me, though. If you give me Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry, I'm going to get you more than one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to get you at least one. Come I mean, on. Now. So in the short term, I the answer is no. They're not in trouble. I think they will win this series they'll be able to beat the raptors but i'm not sure if they can get to the eastern conference finals i'm not sure they can get to the nba i'm not sure they can get to the eastern conference finals with joel Embiid's hurt thumb and i don't think they can get to the nba finals with james harden playing the way he's playing um you need these guys at the top of their game that's what makes this that's what makes their team dynamic um you know, and then the next challenge or the next thing we'd have to talk about is the offseason. I'm not sure James Harden gets that extension anymore, and especially based on the way he's playing. You, you mentioned Kendrick Perkins said he may have lost a step. Well, that's not a guy that's signing a max deal to stay here. Um, right now, he's averaging about 18 points a game. He's down, he's down about six points from his average. That's that's just not going to get it done and he's passing up shots he's not going to the basket he can't shoot he's not playing any defense like you know in brooklyn we thought it was that he was hurt or that he wanted out now he's playing with joel Embiid, and it's just like okay what's the excuse now yeah i mean at this point james harden is definitely a red flag right because he bullied his way out of Houston. He bullied his way out of Brooklyn. And now he's playing his way out of Philly. Like, I, it's, he's going to get his money. But uh, it's going to be something that it's very risky. It is a very, very risky proposition. Now, I would argue that the Raptors have an equally troubling injury on their side as Embiid is for the Sixers. You're looking at Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet is one of their best players, if not the best their best player, and he has a hip injury. So if the Sixers can exploit that, they will be able to avoid a game seven. And Doc Rivers might be able to, you know, exercise the demons a little bit for one round. Long term, I I agree with you. I, I don't think I don't see the Sixers making any noise whatsoever in the playoffs, especially now that Joel Embiid is hurt, because that would require James Harden to, you know, 
put everybody on his back, and we've seen James Harden fold. Now, they have guys like Tyrese Maxey, they have Tobias Harris, they have Matias Tebow, they, I mean, Paul Millsap is on this team. Once they, you know, once you get away from Toronto, Tebow's going to play a, a, a bigger role because he'll be available for every game. And Danny Green is on this team too. So you have some depth here. But that this is the problem when you bring on a guy like James Harden because he becomes the focal point. And I don't care what he says. There's pressure on him. Like, he may say there's no pressure, but sorry, James, you're lying to yourself. There's an immense amount of pressure on you. You forced this. You forced this move. Now you got to deliver. Does the MB does the Embiid injury hurt him? Absolutely it does, but great players overcome these kinds of setbacks. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto really care about what's under your hood. That's right. And as we speak, the Bucks are pulling away from the Bulls without Chris Middleton. It looks like this series is going to be a wrap. Uh, The Suns pulled ahead of the Pelicans without Devin Booker, which is pretty impressive. But can, can the Suns finish off the Pelicans in six games or... Are we looking at a seven-game death match? Well, it depends. Is Adam Silver going to suspend Chris Paul for kicking Jose Alvarado in the dick? Because <laughs> that's what he did. He looks like the Eddie Van Halen Funko I got for my girl's son for Christmas. We, we ordered it together, but we, we you know, sorry, babe. But, um... It's literally Eddie Van Halen playing his guitar and he's kicking like he's doing, like he does. Except in this instance, Chris Paul's shooting and the leg is right in Alvarado's crotch. It's like you, you expect like walnuts to come out of his mouth. Like it's it's terrible. Now I know that you are not a Chris Paul guy. I know you your opinion of him. He's the dirtiest player in the NBA. That's right. He's going he, next. He's got to get suspended. He's got to, right? You kick a guy in the dick, like you're going to get suspended. You should get suspended. Now, that leaves DeAndre Ayton alone. DeAndre Ayton and this team, like that's not good enough. Like that you you lose Booker, you lose Paul, you lose your shot. So, the Pelicans definitely you know, kudos to McCollum, kudos to those guys. They're, you know, they're making it hard. They're being a hard out, as they should be. And it would be an embarrassment to the Suns if they get bounced in the first round by an eight seed without allegedly its best player. Well, it's hard to tell because the guy never plays. But I got to say that the Pelicans, they got a shot. They have a shot. Especially, you know, especially if Adam Silver mans up and does what he should do. No, he won't. And that's the problem. 
Well, that's the problem. It's like Chris Paul, this isn't the only thing he's been doing. Anybody watching the series sees how he's going at other guys, like throwing his, like Herb Jones, running at Herb Jones and trying to knock him down. And then Herb Jones comes right back and knocks Chris Paul to the floor. And now you see that he kicks Alvarado. He clearly is trying to kick him. Like, nobody wants to acknowledge how dirty of a player Chris is. And that's why I don't think Chris Paul will ever win a championship or ever be successful. Because that's the kind of person he is. Um, you know, I, I still think the Pelicans are going to take this series. I do. The Suns benefited from Mikhail Bridges like catching fire last game, and I'm not sure that that's gonna keep happening. Um, in the short term, the Bucks, you know, the, as we can see, the Bucks are taking care of the Bulls, but you know, I, I am I I don't even know if home court. The only thing it might save the Suns is home court advantage, but. I mean, Evan Ingram is playing on a different level right now. Imagine if Zion was playing. <laughs> Unbelievable. But bravo to the Pelicans for going toe-to-toe with these guys. But the only reason why this is a series is because the Suns don't have their best player. And this is the kind of stuff we talked about earlier. It's like, what good is it if the Suns go out this round because their best player got hurt? Could we honestly say the best team won the championship this year? And I don't know if you could honestly say that. Yeah, I mean, but that's you know that that's sports. You know, you have to contend with issues. If, think about the game seven where Chris Paul went out with the hamstring injury; he wasn't there. So, yeah, but that was his best shot. That was his best shot with the Rockets. And but there's such a fo- there's such a focus I feel like now in sports for us to get the plays right. Right? We have all this replay. We have all these rules. Everything is so that we get the plays right. But are we doing everything to make sure that we have the best product? Are we doing the, everything we can to make sure like the best team wins? Like, why is the first round of seven rounds, the seven game series? Like, this should be a five game series. Like, how much do I like? Listen, don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying watching the Grizzlies play. I mean, their series with the Timberwolves is fantastic, but. I mean, what the, the odds are is the Grizzlies are going to take the series, right? And if the Grizzlies didn't take the series, why didn't they take it? Because probably John Morant got hurt, right? Yeah. I would assume Dallas would win their series. Oh, and, except if Luka got hurt. Well, shocker, it was 2-2 until Luka came back. And now, you know, the Jazz don't have a chance. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. If, you know, I'm, I want to see the best teams move on. I want to see the best players play. And when you set your format like this with I mean come on it's April they're start they're still doing the first round of the playoffs in April the playoffs don't end until like June that's mm-hmm. two months of playoffs like come on I mean listen I, I love basketball but that's just that's just ridiculous just think about Devin Booker was <laughs> Devin Booker supposed to be out three weeks with a hamstring injury he might still come back this series <laughs> right I mean that's the that's a total panic move though, like on a hamstring, like that is that is setting yourself up for a really bad tear, surgery, and a really long rehab. 
Right, like, but I, if this I really, was a five game, if this was a five game series, it'd be over, and they'd be able to rest because now they gotta wait for their next opponent. So now you get a rested Devin Booker going into the second round against a team that, you know, that deserves to be in the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken, I believe the Pelicans finished under 500. I think they finished like 10 games under 500, something stupid like that. Like that's what we want to see. We want to see a team under 500 knock out the one seed. Is that really what the NBA wants? We want the Pelicans to move on over the Suns? Well, the Clippers had the chance to handle their business, but they didn't even do that. So it was supposed to be. The playing games are garbage, too. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. SweetLifeBrownieCo, because there's always room for a brownie. But, you know, you know, sticking with the West, uh, the return of Doncic has helped the Mavs, you know, take a 3-1 series lead uh, on the Jazz. And, and John Morant has helped the Grizz take a 3-2 series lead. Which player is more important to their team, Ja or Doncic? Hmm. Like, that, it is, that's... That's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one. I, w- I mean, Luke, congratulations to John Moran. He was voted the most improved player, which is crazy. Oh, I, I, I misspoke. It Dallas leads the series three games to two, so it's not three games to one, it's three games to two. But if you look at that team, if you look at the way that the Dallas Mavericks are constructed, it's, again, designed to be built around a star player. You know, it's designed to be Lucas' team. I mean, Jalen Brunson's playing out of his mind right now, and kudos to Jalen Brunson for doing so. But well, it's well. Let's be real. The 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 offense is designed around the point guard, which mm. most of the time is Luca. That's why I believe it was in games two and three, Brunson had like forty points because he was Luca for that series. Like for he was Luca for those games. Right, but in terms of apples to apples talent comparison, Jalen Brunson is not Luca Doncic. No, not never will be. No, absolutely not. If you're looking at Davis Bertans, you're looking at Trey Burke, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie is probably like oh, the second. Oh, he's sec- awesome. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's what, the second best player on this team. He's but so good. Brandon Knight, Frank Nilekina. Frank Nilekina made the playoffs. Look at that. Good job, Frank. Reggie Bullock, another Knicks cast-off. Like, that, t- that team has no business. No business. None. None. And Donovan Mitchell injury is only going to make it easier because Mitchell and Gobert, they just 
don't play well together. Mitchell only had nine points when he exited the game. Mike Connolly, Connolly's been a waste. <laughs> and Rudy, I mean Rudy Gobert. You know, you're looking at Rudy Gobert is your best scorer, and Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Jordan Clarkson had 20 off the bench. There you go. There's your best score. Like Rudy Gay didn't even play. Like he was a DNP. Like I don't know. Like what you expect here if you're the Utah Jazz, you cannot expect anything good out of this. And you know, let's go back to this for a second. I, I know we were talking about the Chris Paul thing before, but if Hassan Whiteside did what Chris Paul did, how many games does he get? Oh, he's getting four games. Mm-hmm. Right? Hassan Whiteside got a double tech and got kicked out of the game. Is probably going to get suspended for going in hard and just staring, standing over somebody and apologizing. He apologized and got kicked out of the game. Double techs. I so he went in on Luca. He didn't. It wasn't that bad. He went in on Luca, and I think that's really what drove it home. But. The Jazz are a mess right now, and I think that it's important that like the Mavs, the Mavs really need to make sure that Luca is healthy for this. So rest him as much as possible. You, you really don't want that calf flaring up. I mean, another team that's you know you're, you're looking at Carl Anthony Towns, an, another guy for the for the Wolves, right? Like they're they're staying alive in their series and. How critical is that right now? Is it more Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards? Like, who is more important to that team? Who makes that team go? Is it Cat or is it is it Goose? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's Cat because he needs to be dominant, and when he's dominant, they they typically don't lose. Like, if he's grabbing rebounds hitting three-pointers, playing defense, they don't lose. Um, you know, I think I think all the teams have shown some grit. Um, and they and I would say that the Grizzlies and the Mavericks have shown that they could win without their best player. The Grizzlies were 20 and 5 without Jod during the regular season. The Mavs won two games without Doncic in this series. I don't think either player go... I don't think either team is going far without their superstar. But I think the Grizzlies have enough talent to make up ground lost by Ja. Similar to, I think, the Timberwolves. They could get by without Edwards, but they're not getting by without Cat. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it gives me a little bit of pause because Carl Anthony Towns was a part of some dreadfully awful Wolves teams until Anthony Edwards got there. So I think he definitely he definitely stirs the drink a little bit. He definitely gets people off of, of Cat, which is nice. But, I mean, the unsung hero here is Desmond Bain. Like, oh, yeah. Desmond Bain is a beast. And, you know, he's the guy. He's the fallback of well, He's the option. Forget the fallback option right now, because you know Ja Morant, Ja is doing Ja things, but Desmond Bain was the guy that was keeping them afloat while Ja while Ja wasn't there. So I, I think they can definitely do good things, and you know I don't know if they can just you know 
they can possibly make a long run because if the Suns bow out, that kind of changes everything. Because now the highest seed remaining is the friggin' Memphis there's Grizzlies. Just so, there's just so it's wide open. There's just so much inconsistency in that series. It's like people are getting blown out, then people lose big leads, then stars don't show up. There's just two in there. Those two teams, the the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves, are just too inconsistent to really, I think, make a strong run in the playoffs this year. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that D&Z sent you. But switching gears to baseball, (laughs) Yankee fans were in fine form over the weekend. Before rallying to beat the Guardians in late innings, the fans in the outfield began to throw trash onto the field prompting Guardians players to climb the fence to confront the fans. Giancarlo Stan and Aaron Jones also attempted to calm the fans down, but the situation was already out of control. Guardians outfielder Straw called the Yankees fan base the worst on the planet. <laughs> See, as a former Yankee fan, do you agree with this? I actually don't. I, I don't think that Yankee fans are the worst. Because of the Philadelphia Phillies. (laughs) As long as the Philadelphia Phillies exist, the Yankee fans will never be the worst in in baseball. Absolutely not. But it was very classless. If anyone has seen the John Boy video out there, I highly recommend you watch it. Certain Yankee fans are cheering that Stephen Kwan hurt himself after he ran into the wall. And then fans were confronted by Oscar Mercado and Miles Straw. Mercado was trying to just kind of, you know, nudge the Yankee fans, saying, you know, be classy. You know, you know don't root for injuries and, you know, don't we'll try and win that way. One of the fans pulls out the old upside down diamond on them. So, you know, we'll, we'll, you know what, uh, what that means. <laughs> The diamond upside down is a what? Yes, exactly. So that then Miles Straw start pulls his best Spider-Man, and even got jeered the next day for that. They called him Peter Parker. The uh, Bleacher Creatures were chanting Peter Parker at him. Um, yeah, you, you never want to be classless in victory, and it's not it, that was not indicative of all Yankee fans. Not all Yankee fans are as classless as this particular group of Yankee fans who were antagonizing them. But if I'm going to, if I'm going to rank them, Philly's number one. And I got to go with Giants and Dodger fans when they play each other. (laughs) To the best of my knowledge, like 
no Cowboy Yankees. fans are pretty bad. Those are pre- they're pretty brutal too. But if Giants and Dodgers fans, you may get beaten to death in the park. <laughs> I have a story to share one day about a Dodger fan. But, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to let this one situation dictate how I feel about a fan base. The truth is, every fan base has an ugly side. I think in this situation, you know, Yankee fans love to throw the 27 rings in the face of people, and they love talking shit about other fan bases, like the Phillies, the Red Sox, even the Mets. But this is the same fan base that threw batteries at players back in the 90s. Like, don't throw rocks if you live in a glass house. So now... I don't want to hear any Yankee fans talking trash about Red Sox fans. I don't want to hear any Yankee fans talking shit about Phillies fans. Now it's, it's, you guys are on even ground. But that happened over the weekend was classless to the point where you had Yankee players coming out there to calm it down, which is (laughs) unreal. You got a Cleveland player climbing a fence telling people to come at me, bro, and hit me, bro. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like, come on, bro. what is it, the jungle? Like, come on. And the bleachers are treacherous. I mean, I try not to sit out there. I've sat out there a couple of times, and it is. You got to be careful what you say. You got to be careful what you wear. You got to make sure you, you know, if somebody orders food, you got to pass it down and, and do it quickly. Um, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, there are some terrible fan stories out there, but I wouldn't let this dictate, you know, what I, what I feel about a fan base. No, definitely not. But, I mean, it definitely, if we scale it back to even as far as the LeBron James incident in Atlanta, like, these things are definitely piling up more and they're getting more intense as fans are starting to reacclimate themselves to going back to sporting events in a post-COVID world or concurrent COVID world. And for a yeah. while there, for a while there, we were doing okay. We had avoided major, major issues. But how close are we to reverting back to a malice at the palace situation? No, I mean, that, that situation was kind of dicey. I mean, you get a player climbing the fence, and, and I'm not, I, I ha- happen to be a fan of Straw, but you're taking a chance, dude. Like, that's <laughs> not what you really want to do. I think you, I. You think you're tough, and I'm pretty sure you are, but you don't know what you're going up against up there. Like, that is just, that's, you don't do that. That that you don't do. I don't condone that. I don't condone players going out to fans. I don't, nope. I don't condone players, you know, heckling back, jeering back at fans, especially if you're playing outfield and you got to turn your back. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. You can't. Uh, as far as the LeBron James situation, a little differently you know, that was bird. There was words going back and forth. She was drunk. He was drunk. You know, whatever. These guys were throwing garbage on the field, man. Yeah, but how much, of this, play. how much of this was fueled by alcohol? We don't we don't know. Yeah. So a I lot mean, of, I mean, yeah. it, a lot it's of a the lot. issues come from that as well. True, true, true. But, you know, we buried the big story because today is the day before the official start, really, of the 2022 NFL season, as this is the night before the draft. And, and Z, Baker Mayfield is still a Brown. Do you 
expect Baker Mayfield to be traded before Saturday? And will he be the steal of the draft, as your good friend Dan Orlovsky suggests? <laughs> oh, Dan Orlovsky. Like, this dude loves him some Baker Mayfield. I, you know, I, I just... Oh, Dan. Dan, 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 Dan. Will he... Will he get traded? I'm gonna say, if we were doing bullshit or no shit, I'm gonna say bullshit that Baker Mayfield gets traded at this point. I think he's gonna end up being a salary cap casualty, but um, I just don't see it. You know, I, I don't see teams ponying up a draft pick for Baker Mayfield at this point when he has to do a little bit of rehab. And frankly, like I don't think the Browns should trade him anyway because the Deshaun Watson situation is not resolved. And is it a little, you know, is he a little butthurt? Most likely. And rightfully so. You know, like the most success this franchise has had since it came back into the league is when this guy was the quarterback. So... You know, I would definitely be a little upset if I was him. And frankly, I don't see him moving. I really don't see him moving at all. And I think Dan Orlovsky is way off base as per usual. Yeah, I mean, for me, the only thing I will agree with with Dan is that if you're a team like the Saints or the Panthers or the Giants or Seattle or even the Commanders and you're contemplating drafting a quarterback in this draft and the guy you want gets drafted I think you have to seriously consider about trading a draft pick and a player for Baker Mayfield because at the end of the day, he is still a number one former overall pick. Number one overall pick, okay? He did win games in Cleveland. He did lead them to the playoffs. And he was probably a quarter or two away from beating the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Okay? Mm-hmm. He has talent. Uh... He, like I said, I always defend him in saying he's a guy that he overcomes the odds. He did it in in college. He did it in the pros. The knock on Baker Mayfield is arm strength, speed, height, and and, uh, and, um, his ability to stay healthy. Now... I think the problem a lot of teams have is, is they say, okay, if you're Carolina, like, okay, if we do trade for Baker Mayfield and he plays exceptionally well, now what do we do? Right. Because now we're going to be kind of in a situation where shit, I mean, he won, he won 10 games for us. He made the playoffs or he won 11 games for us, or he was comeback player of the year. And now it's like, well, we could sign him to a contract extension. It's going to cost us a lot of money. Or we can go and hit the draft. But now, because he played so well, we don't have a top 10 pick. So now we're not getting probably the best quarterback in this draft. We're going to get a quarterback, but he's not necessarily the guy we want. 
Which is why I think for a team like Seattle, you could say, you know what, I really want Cody Pickett. And if the Panthers take Cody Pickett, all right, in the fourth round or the fifth round or later on in the draft, we're gonna call the Pan- we're gonna call the Browns. And we're gonna offer them garbage for him and see if they'll give it to us. Because at the end of the day, they're gonna have to cut him. So it's either you're going to take my garbage pick that I have or you're going to wind up having to eat him and pay him. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the situation where they're in. But you also have certain situations, like you mentioned, the Giants. The Giants have a question mark at quarterback as it is. Now, do you pick up Daniel Jones's fifth-year option and now you're going to bring in Baker Mayfield? Like, I don't know. That just creates more confusion to me. Now... If it's a low risk, I it, I gotta say it depends on what I'm being offered. You know, Listen, but, it's, a ter- it's a terrible comparison, but I just think back to when you know the San Diego Chargers drafted Philip Rivers. Yeah, they had Drew Brees, and Drew Brees wasn't playing well. Drew Brees wasn't playing the way they thought Drew Brees was gonna play. So we're gonna go out and get Philip Rivers because. We know he can play. Then what happens? Drew Brees has a resurgence, leads the team to a 14-2 season, and then he gets hurt. And it's like, well, all right, Drew, thanks, but we're going to go with Phillip, and you can go sign with the Dolphins. I think you talked about, oh, you were going to go to the Saints and had that one to have an Hall of Fame career. I only say the Giants because if the Giants are thinking about drafting a quarterback late and that guy gets taken, why not take flyer on Baker, who was a first overall pick, who was possibly on your draft board back when you decided to go with, what, Saquon Barkley that year, right? Yeah. Because Baker, Baker got, got got taken. But if he was a guy that was high on your draft board back then, and you also have a good coach in place that could maybe develop him if the whole Daniel Jones thing doesn't work out. And why not push Daniel Jones? Is that so bad? Is it so bad to bring someone in to push him? He should welcome the challenge for the way he's played. No, there's nothing wrong with pushing Daniel Jones. I think that it's a it's a very rich question mark is all. Because, you know, if... I mean, right now, he's on his only on his fifth-year option, right? So it's not like you're going to pay the man. It's like, at this point, you I've seen what, what I've seen from him. And I'm just... I don't... <laughs> not, it's it, you know. I, I don't. I'm not impressed. You know, I'm it, tired just, of watching it. I don't want to fran- watch it I'm anymore. Frankly, tired of it. Yes, I'm frankly tired of it. <laughs> I but... can't get through a quarter without wanting to throw up in a garbage bag. Right. <laughs> I purposely now, start the game in the fourth quarter, hoping he's out of the game. And you know, when you have when you're banking on the Giants signing a competent backup quarterback. Like if that's what you're hoping for, then that's an issue. And do we really want to reunite the Cleveland Browns quarterback room from a couple seasons ago? I mean, maybe that's just me because you have Terod Taylor there as well as the backup. So let's really like hammer home the fact that the Giants and the Cleveland Browns aren't that far removed from each other. Um, and, and then have Saquon Barkley in the backfield. So you can have Baker Mayfield, the number one pick, handing off to the number two pick from that draft. Like, that seems a little surreal to me. But I don't know. If 
it just seems like a little bit of a stretch. And, you know, the best fits for Baker would probably be a team like Houston, right? Houston doesn't... Houston doesn't have a quarterback. They have Davis Mills. Okay, that's fine. If you may believe in Davis Mills. Lovey Smith may not. So... I, I think that that would be a fine addition for them. Seattle, that I would if I'm Baker, I wouldn't want to go there. They couldn't protect Russ. They're not going to be able to protect me. Like That's just kind of the way it is out in Seattle. I um, just think with Baker right now, he's got to just want to play. Yeah. He can't be picky about where you're playing right now. You got to go where you're going to be able to put some film together. True, but that could still very well be Cleveland. He just needs to be able to get over himself because... Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson thing is not settled, regardless of what we may think. That that is, you know, Adam Schefter can tr- can tweet that he's vindicated all you want, but it, it could very well be that this is going to get very awkward very fast when he doesn't get released, he doesn't get traded, and now he gets the ball. And honestly, that could be the best thing that happens to Baker, because. How much more of a chip on your shoulder do you need? Right? It's like, oh, now you need me? Oh, now you want me? I'm gonna I'm gonna raise my value so much and then I'm gonna stick it to you on the way out. Like that would be some poetic justice for one Mr. Baker Mayfield. Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for 7 to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The techs at Marquez Studio have over 30 years of haircutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646-221-8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com, or slide in those DMs on Fade Route Podcast on IG, or hit that Twitter, FaderouteDNZ. us on the in route today we have county legislator and democratic majority leader christopher johnson christopher johnson thanks for coming on the show today absolutely my pleasure good to be back with you guys all right we're, we're gonna start you off local nets losing to the celtics in four games what did you what do you think went wrong with the season and what do you think went wrong with the series 
Well, the first thing is you call the Nets local. I mean, who cares? <laughs> Brooklyn. <right? laughs> so, Nick fans till I die every single year, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they just didn't have it together after, you know, Kyrie played, what, maybe 30 games this year? It was, you know, it just, with all the COVID protocols, they didn't, they weren't a team. And the Celtics shut KD down. I mean, there was... There was just no coming back from. He hadn't seen defense like that, and who know, probably in his career. And um, it, it was over for them. They couldn't handle it. Too much ISO ball. They got to work together as a, better as a team. Yeah, they certainly muscled him off of his spot. They took up his space and and really didn't let him get going. But if you were forced to decide on keeping Ben Simmons or keeping Steve Nash, who would you prefer to keep? Okay, running gun, sons, two-time MVP, or I'm not gonna take a layup. <laughs> that, that's what you're asking me. <laughs> that's what I mean, I'm asking. Steve Steve Nash has proven to be a great coach, but Ben Simmons, he scored as many points as I did this season. He sure did. <laughs> he played as many games as you did too. That's <laughs> right. Uh, he now he got paid much more than I did. Significantly so, more. Yeah, so I think they should take me and Steve Nash. I like it. I think <laughs> I think they got a chance there, especially if they can see how you can box out. That's um, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, despite fouling out in the fourth quarter last night, Jason Tatum seemed to ascend to another level in the series. He also covered Kevin Durant one-on-one for large portions of the game. If you were starting a basketball team, how many players would you choose before taking Jason Tatum? So, so this was really hard, right? Because I, because Jason Tatum has never been on my list. But I, I was like, dang, like you got to take Steph above him, okay. Giannis. I'm putting Joel and Bead in front of him. Okay. But then, then I'm stuck, right? Then it's like him and KD because he shut KD down. So you got to be like, well, can I take him or KD? And then like Nikola Jokic, like and 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 Luca. I think that's the next bunch. Um, and based on LeBron's age, he's that's right, why course, that's the only reason he's not there. Because I'm like, if I'm starting a team with this guy's going to be around three years, maybe I need somebody who's going to be around, you know, the better part of ten years. So I think he's number four, five. Like, isn't really that wild? Isn't yeah, that wild? I, I never would have thought. I'm like, this guy just he's whatever. But this series, I, if I, I, I'm sad for him that it wasn't, a, it's not a contract year because dude just like he just got paid like he was like what and you're there you got a bunch of tree trunks on your team i don't think there's anybody under six seven on on your squad but it was just uh you know we've talked about this on the show i'm a big tatum fan to me and you can laugh all you want he to me is more kobe like than anyone i've seen in a long time and he's not kobe yet but he has the tool right he's got the length he's got the shot he's got the fadeaway i don't know if he has that killer instinct right he definitely passes more than kobe he's definitely more of a team player he plays solid defense to me he has the ability to ascend to that level well he's only he's passed the ball once he's more of a passer than kobe yeah yeah (laughs) seriously that was an assist don't hate on him (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're going to move over to the West. You already name-checked Luka Doncic, so let's get right into that. A lot of teams have been playing without one of their star players. Luka's just coming back into the mix with the Mavs. You're looking at the Nuggets. They're without Jamal Murray. The Bucks are playing without Chris Middleton. The Suns are playing without Devin Booker. Which team has impressed you the most? Who are you most proud of? So, so I will give the Mavs a lot of credit, right? I didn't think they could win a game without Luka. It's basically, they should change the name of the team right now to the Lukas because <laughs> who who else? Like, it's, it's crazy. Um, the Nuggets, I, I give them a lot of credit. They're probably a contender with Murray and um, who else is out? They got another, um, uh, they, got, they got two big names out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they're probably a contender, but right now they're, they're nothing. You know the 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 Bucks though without Middleton, and I know he's not their number one; he's the number two guy. But like, they're still a contender without Middleton. So like, that puts them in the answer. And then you know the Suns without Booker, like they can't win a championship without Booker. So I guess like I, I'm most impressed by the oh, Bucks. Michael Michael Porter Jr. That's the other guy there. Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, with with the, out with for the Nuggets. But like, it, it, I guess I gotta say the Bucks because they're the only one of the four. Who can actually win a championship without their guy? The 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 Nuggets won't even win a series. The Mavs and and the Suns will will win one. Suns might win two, but like the Bucks are, can actually still contend for a championship without Milton. No, definitely. I mean, they they definitely get some performances. You know, Drew Holiday. You get Lopez. You definitely you know, yeah. They get they get some sneaky performances. Connaughton can uh, can do the job from time to time. So. You know, injuries are a problem, and it's constantly happening. You know, despite the long season, days off, load management, rest, limited back-to-backs, you name it, NBA teams are still losing their players when it matters most. So what can the NBA do to make sure that their product is better and their stars are actually there when they need them to be? You know, this is a tough question. I think it's going to come down to the CBA. They got to put something in it to make sure, one, that players are playing. And, like, then then I, I don't know what you do to keep people healthy, right? But they got to make sure that, you know, everybody wants to play when they when it comes to the garden. So, you know, the garden's always full. If you can play, you play. But if you're going to Utah, like, I might take this night off. Like, why are you playing? And so we get a lot of that. But then when you get to the end of the season and people are trying to really play in the playoffs and there's injuries, and I don't know what the answer is. But it's, it's got to be in the CBA. There's got to be something that requires them to play during the regular season. You know, people like Anthony Davis just aren't in shape throughout the season. When, when the season comes, he's not ready to play on a consistent basis. And then you see injuries. So that's got to be – there's got to be part – some of it is just the players got to be ready. Some of it's in the CBA, but there's still another piece, and that's why the commissioner gets the big bucks, and I just sit over here. Oh, the same commissioner was also considering incentivizing players and teams to play their players. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on that? I thought that Is the it, money was. I cool. thought that was a paycheck. I that's what that, I thought. That that was, that's what I thought the contract was, right? If yeah. you play, you get paid, kind of thing. No, no, but Ben Simmons proved that to be wrong. Yeah, you're right. I don't know, man. I don't know because they did file a twenty. He's filing a grievance because the Sixers did kind of they 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 docked him. So we'll see what comes out of that. Like, but uh, we'll get you out here on this one. After all is said and done, and all the smoke is cleared, 
which four teams will be left standing at the end and which team will ultimately lift the Larry O'Brien trophy. So I've got um, the so Philly and and um, the Bucks are going to play in the next round. So I, I'm going to have to go with Miami and Philly. I think Philly may pull it out just uh, as long as they can stay healthy. And, and James Harden shows us who he really is. And I got the Warriors defeating the Suns just because, I, you know, Steve Kerr, what he's doing, he's showing that coaching matters right now. Yeah. He's his best player. coming, One of the greatest players, the greatest shooter of all time, coming off the bench. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> and and this, they're running through it. And it's just, it's amazing to watch. I got the Warriors over Philly in six. And of all time, Steph Curry MVP. There you go. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Johnson, we understand you have a big restruct, a redistricting meeting tonight. So maybe you can uh, shed a little light on that for us? No, right. You know, we talked about picking players earlier, you know, in, in the redistricting conversation. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, politicians are not picking their voters, but we're actually drawing lines that make sure that all of the uh, the districts match and that they're they're equally balanced. Um, every year, every 10 years after the census is done, uh, when population shift, we have to draw new lines. So we're in that process right now, just trying to make sure that the blue team and the red team, uh, as they go against each other, it's, it's fair and balanced. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate your fair and balanced take on this show. Chris Johnson, Yonkers Assemblyman, thank you for joining us, brother. We look forward to hearing you again soon. If you want to join us on the in route, Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in those DMs on IG Fade Route Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter, and you can be the newest member of the in route. Thanks a lot, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me again, guys. Can't, guys, can't wait to be back. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, it is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll after the show on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. 
and the winner of said vote gets announced on this here program. And do you know who took home the ass for last week, D? I don't. One Mr. Owen Woodward. Kid, you are never going to live down tackling the, the guy who hit you, who took you yard. deep, took you yard, and then chirped a little bit. You're never going to live that down. I still don't know if you've been expelled yet, but I know you've been kicked off the team. So I hope it was worth it, buddy, because you lost a lot in this regard. But that was last week. This is this week. Who you got, D? I got four this week. Four? So first up, I've got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Swept from the playoffs by the Boston Celtics. Kevin Durant, you're supposed to be the best player in the league. Mr. You-Know-Who-I-Am. I'm Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving, you're supposed to be one of the best point guards in the game or in the league. You can't even win one game of the Boston Celtics. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you are my alleged superstars of the week. Next up, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. 3-2 to Dallas team didn't even have Luka Doncic for the first few games. Do better, guys. Just do better. Number three, my fantasy catcher, Yasmani Grandel, batting 152 with three extra base hits, one run, and one RBI since the start of the season. Dude! Dude! You're supposed to be one of the best catchers in the league. What is that garbage? Number four, Anthony Edwards, at the end of the game, your job is to stop Ja Morant. You go for the steal on the out-of-bounds play, which leads to the layup, which puts your team down 3-2. to two. Anthony Edwards, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Z? All fine choices. I have three from baseball and one from basketball. I'm going to start with Garrett Cole, a return. <laughs> Love this guy. Had a wonderful game, but that was overshadowed because yeah, somebody noticed you had a little something on your pants there, buddy, that you kept going to. It was it was like right under your right ass cheek, and it was like very like very conspicuous that you were like rubbing on that. It was textured. It was a little yeah. textured. Yeah, it was a little. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. God. Spider Spider Tech got outlawed, and you're looking for any advantage. I, I mean, I guess that would qualify. But uh, Garrett Cole, if you're gonna cheat, at least be a little bit more clandestine about it. Be a little more subtle. Garrett Cole, you are my alleged superstar of the week. By extension, Yankee fans, specifically the Yankee fans in the bleachers. For cheering when Cleveland Stephen Kwan was shaken up after hitting the wall and then throwing debris on the field after the Yankees walk-off win against the Guardians. You're supposed to be better than that. You're the Yankees. Just do better. Just do better. Tim Anderson. Apparently, the Kyrie Irving flu somehow went from Brooklyn and Boston all the way to Chicago and Cleveland because he flipped off Cleveland fans after they got on him a little bit for making two errors, three errors, not two, three errors in the first two innings of the opening game of a doubleheader. 
Anderson did apologize, but still. You didn't need to apologize if you just didn't flip him the bird. Tim Anderson, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And then last but not least, one Mr. Chris Paul. For, for kicking Pelicans guard Jose Alvarado in the Alvaraditos on his follow-through. <laughs> Certainly living up to your reputation for questionable to outright dirty play. Chris Paul, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Those are our nominees, ladies and gentlemen. The poll is going up shortly. And for our nominees... Just do better, boys. Just do better. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. Order up! All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. And this is a very special order up because, as you know, tomorrow night is the NFL Draft. It is the first round of the NFL Draft, and we are going on the clock to give you our mock top five. And here we go from one to five. Who you got, D? With the first selection in the first round, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Iki Ikwanu, offensive tackle, NC State. They got to protect Trevor Lawrence. With the number two pick in the NFL draft, Detroit Lions take Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end, edge rusher, Michigan. Best defensive player available. With the number three pick, the Houston Texans take Sauce Gardner, stealing them from the Jets, cornerback Cincinnati. Lovey Smith is a defensive guy. I can see him going defense here. The number four pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets select Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama. Gotta, Gotta protect Zach Wilson before they take a wide receiver at 10. And number five, the New York Giants select Charles Cross from Mississippi State, offensive tackle. Giants take the best alignment available before taking a defensive player. Z, how's yours look? A lot of difference, which is fine by me. With the first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan. 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 Definitely need a pass rush. They brought in Foley Fatukasi, but it's not enough. 
and he is going to be probably one of the, if not the most talented pass rushers coming out of college. Now, this is going to get tricky. There's a trade. I have a trade. The Detroit Lions trade back from number two with the New York Giants, and the New York Giants select Evan Neal out of Alabama. You want to get the best offensive tackle? I give you the best offensive tackle available. They will need to jump Houston because Houston also needs offensive tackle help. And because the Giants jump Houston to take Evan Neal, the Houston Texans take Iki Ikwonu from NC State. Second best, 1-1A possibly. Possibly their fallback plan in case something like that happens. Evan Neal could very possibly go number one because you, you can always use some extra help protecting your quarterback. So, I believe that Houston will end up taking Iki Ikwonu, which means at number four, Sauce Gardner falls to the Jets. They need a corner. Best corner available. Why not Sauce Gardner at that point in the draft? And that leaves you with the Lions at number five. Now, the Lions can go many ways, and the Lions do Lion things. (laughs) But I think they will take Kayvon Thibodeau of Oregon. The Lions do Lion things. It is possible that it it is possible that the Lions do something absolutely crazy, like when the like when the Raiders took Cleveland Farrell, and everybody was like, "Who? Who? What? (laughs) Why? Why did this happen? Are you kidding me right now?" But I can definitely see that happening. The Giants want to get the best offensive tackle available. Switch it up with the Lions and go from there but I'd say that those are pretty safe bets those are all top tier talents and no quarterbacks to be seen probably anywhere close to that to that top five this has been the fade route with DNZ. thanks for tuning in tonight you catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor Spotify iHeartRadio wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. It's time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the draft. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.